Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on the Shroud of Turin. If you haven't already done so, please visit guypowell.com and sign up for more episodes. I am the author of the upcoming book, The Only Witness, A History of the Shroud of Turin. It is a historical fiction tracing a possible yet plausible history of the shroud over the last two millennia. Today, we'll be speaking with Brenda Benton, co-founder of the British Shroud of Turin Society. And you can find out more at bstsnewsletter.com. But uh, before we get started, I did want to tell a short story. A few weeks ago, my wife and I were in Washington, D.C. and visited the Museum of the Bible where their new shroud exhibit was launched. It is definitely something that has to be on your bucket list. It's a great exhibit. And uh, the Shroud of Turin is truly the only witness of the moment of Jesus's resurrection. They have a VP8 image analyzer, which is a critical piece in the, in the scientific study of the, of the Shroud. They have a full-size replica of the Shroud, a linen full-size replica on the wall. And, and my wife and I were just fascinated with that. And then I think the most interesting thing was that they had a camera that produces negative in, images. And it's the negative image that Secunda Pia uh, first really saw the face of Jesus shine right through the camera. And nowadays, with an iPhone or a, an Android, you don't use negative images anymore. So they put that negative image generator on the wall, and you would take a negative picture of yourself because young folks don't know what a negative image is. And uh, it's really fascinating uh, uh, when to understand that, first of all, that there's this negative of the shroud. And, uh, and unfortunately, they've kind of now gone by the, the way of the buggy whips. We don't need any more buggy whips anymore. And that's because we have iPhones and iPhones don't use negative images. In any case, if you get a chance, definitely plan a trip to the Washington, D.C. and visit the shroud exhibit at the Museum of the Bible. The, the exhibit ends right now uh, in July of this year. Hopefully, they're going to, consi uh, to consider uh, extending it, but right now it's set for the end of July. And uh, so get there before it's gone. So with that, let me introduce uh, Brenda Benton. And she really has an interesting story on how she became involved in the Shroud. And I'm going to give a short version of that, and I'll let her start uh, talking about uh, the longer version. And, uh, and it starts really um, weeks before their only child died. And uh, they happen to see uh, her and her husband, Stuart, uh, David Rolfe's film, The Silent Witness, which was published in 1978. And the film is about the, the Turin Shroud and how it had a, a powerful impact on the rest of their lives. 33 years later, they met with Pam Moon through an amazing set of circumstances, Pam, uh, invited her and, uh, and, and Stuart to be part of the British Shroud Exhibition team. And this led to them meeting many respected figures in the Shroud world. We also, she also, they also work with the British Shroud for the Turin Shroud, the British Society for the Turin Shroud, excuse me, the British Society for the Turin Shroud. And she gives talks on the Shroud journey and the impact of Pam's exhibition and what it has on their visitors. So with that, Brenda, so great to have you. Uh, let's get started. 
And uh, so why don't you embellish the story that I just told? I'm sure there's a lot more in there, but uh, uh, please tell us then what your backstory is on the Shroud of Turin. Yeah, well, first of all, I'd like to say that um, we we weren't, um, we didn't start off uh, the, the BSTS newsletter. Um, that, that began in 1976 in preparation for David's uh, film, The Silent Witness. So we've only come into it a good many years later. Um, but um, I grew up in, an, in a, a church school, um, had a really good grounding. But when I left school, I didn't really think about God or church. Um, and just, I, I met my husband, Stuart, and we were married seven years when we had Zoe. Um, Zoe was normal until she was nine months old, and then she became ill with an inherited brain disease. And we found out that we were related uh, just a, a couple of generations back. And there was a one in four chance of that happening again. So we, we decided not to have other children. But God has been so good because he's filled our lives with other things. But um, so, so yes, when just before Zoe died, our geneticist sent us to London and we were, we were going on the underground. Um, we'd got some spare time before we caught the train back. We were on the underground and I saw the face on the shroud for the first time. And it was almost as though this picture literally jumped off the wall and it was advertising David's film, which was in a, in a hotel, not in a cinema. And we went along and, and I watched this film. And as um, it, it reenacted the crucifixion and as we watched the Lord's suffering and it was so real, um, it was as though his suffering and our suffering came together. And then when Zoe died um, at three o'clock in the morning, um, just a few weeks later, we had the most incredible experience of meeting Jesus. Not that we could physically see, but his presence filled the room and, and we felt him take her and we need never worry about her again. And we were wrapped in a warm blanket of love. Mm. But then obviously there were years of coming to terms with being childless. All I ever wanted was to be a wife and a mom. Um, so, the, the, and the shroud sort of, you know, sort of went into, into the background. But then at pivotal times in my life, it would always, it would always come to the fore. Um, but for many years, I, I didn't have anyone that I could talk to. I didn't know anyone that knew anything about the shroud and in later years when I did speak about it um they'd say well you know the carbon dating you know when the carbon dating came out I had to seriously consider um what I did believe uh, and um it was quite a shock really because because I knew in my heart that it was real <laughs> That was what I believed, um, but that those doubts didn't those doubts didn't last didn't last very long. Um, so, so the shroud that was that was my beginning story of the shroud really, uh, and that journey that I've been on.
Yeah, that's a uh, very touching story. And, uh, you know, you're so right, though, when you think about the what that radiocarbon dating did, it, it really set back the study and the understanding of the shroud and not only whether it's authentic or not, but just the the questions of, you know, how could how could something like that be false when there's so much, you know, showing that it's true. And then you have uh, now in, in, in the last few years where the uh, the radiocarbon dating team has really been debunked and their whole science yes. and the statistics behind it has been almost totally debunked. And yet to recover the rep, I don't know if you'd call it the reputation of the shroud, but to recover the reputation of the shroud, it's it's still going to be maybe a couple of decades before it really, really comes back to where it was back in in 78 after Sturp and in 79 when you know when David Rolf's movie came out and you had seen that yes. movie and, and everything else that was going along and then man it was like the legs were cut out from underneath the uh, the whole shroud uh, yes. and the following of the shroud yes I mean it it was incredible the way that that we actually met Pam because, um, as I say, I'd, all these years, I'd, I'd never met anybody that I could speak to about, about it. And, um, and then it, it's been 11 years since I, I met Pam. And I met her just um, a month after my husband, Stuart, had retired. So um, he didn't get a very long retirement. <laughs> um, and... Uh, the way that I met Pam was through uh, her husband is an Anglican vicar and um, we'd been to a christening uh, at, at their church and then my cousin whose baby it was told us that, that there was going to be this Turing Shroud exhibition Well, my heart almost stopped and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that, that there was something to do with the Shroud so I've got to be at this exhibition. And um, as it happened, we were on holiday and um, and it was in the middle of the holiday and I couldn't go. And I was so devastated. But you know, God's time, God's time is perfect. And, um, and it was several years later, um, there was a gentleman came to our church and I don't know why, because I never talked about it. I, that I said about the Turing Shroud, and he said, oh, I know all about the Turing Shroud. Um, he said, um, I've just done the, the bishop's course, and the lady that, the lady that, um, that, and her husband that have led this course, she's, she's got this Turing Shroud exhibition, so he knew all about it. He knew Pam. He gave her a, me a phone number, and and I, I wrote in her address, and I wrote to her, and she said, "How soon can I meet you?" And um, and I'd waited thirty three years, thirty three years to meet someone that I could talk to about the Shroud. Um, so that that just opened so many doors. Um, we've done incredible, incredible things. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest things that we've done that that we would we would never have believed if anyone had have told us. You know, when Pam and I first met, if somebody had have said to us, "In a few years' time, 
you're going to be taking um, this exhibition to a Muslim event mm. where Barry yeah. Schwartz is speaking. <laughs> um, and there's 40,000 people and Pam is going to be doing a live link on television to millions of people in Africa. I mean, you could not write the script, could you? You, you couldn't make up the story. And that was such an education for me because yeah. these Amadan yeah. um, Muslims are, are just... Um, I've learned so much from them and we've built up this respect. And the thing that, that really surprised me, uh, because I didn't know what to expect, was that, um, that they actually um, respect Jesus so much and are fascinated by the shroud. So it cuts across all. And one of the things that, that I love that Barry said uh, because these Muslims, their motto is love for all and hatred for none, and they are persecuted. So, um, and, and he said, how amazing is it that a Jew is bringing a Catholic, a, a, a Christian relic to a Muslim people? So it cuts across every, all those barriers. And it's about, you know, it's about love and, and respect. And hopefully that brings understanding, which, yeah. which is so important. So, so you know, that, that's just one example. But, you know, to meet Barry Schwartz and, um, and Mark Goosin, and, you know, we've met so many. And also, um, perhaps, I, perhaps I should go back now to, um, just to talk about um, how I got involved in the, the British Shroud Society. Yeah, let me uh, interrupt you, though, and, and just yeah. a comment on, you know, all of Abraham's people on the, yes. you know, the Christian side and then on the on the uh, on the Jewish side and then the Muslim side. Yeah. And it is fascinating, uh, you know, and uh, Jesus, Esau is is also mentioned in the Quran. And uh, and I it's it is really fascinating that they uh, the the level of understanding or the level of interest that they have in in the shroud and that yes. you know, God whether you believe in uh, Christianity so Muslims don't believe in Christianity and Jesus but they do believe that he was a prophet and so then he did have uh, you know I guess and and I don't know and I'm probably speaking out of turn but you know they still believe I guess that you know that there are miracles that could be done and, and the shroud is then a miracle of Jesus Christ for them the yeah. prophet for us the savior and redeemer so. yes yes yeah. yeah yeah very fascinating and that and, and I really like Barry his comment about here I am a Jew you know talking about a Christian well actually yes. talking about a Jew because Jesus was a Jew at the time <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. uh, but in front of Muslims you know it's, it's so yeah funny. <laughs> yeah yeah. That is really that is really amazing. So then there's only a couple of other big religions. We just have Hindu and then Buddhism that we have to work on now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've just um, just an incredible, incredible experience. And, and, you know, really, we've made some special friendships and we've been given um, just such opportunities, wonderful opportunities. So, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so let's, yeah, yeah, please go ahead. Back back to the BST. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Um, Well, I'd obviously never heard of the the British Shroud Society, Um, but it all began really um, just after my father had died. We'd, We'd been through a difficult time and we, we decided to have a day out and we went to a, a National Trust home, which is like a, a stately home. And on the way, there was a, a National Trust church and we, we'd got some extra time. We said, oh, we'll pop in and look at this little church. So as we drove through the gates into this church, I experienced, and I've only experienced it twice, but I experienced exactly the same feeling as I did at the point of Zoe's death. It was incredible. This, this, I, I can't really put it into words, but I had this wonderful experience. And as we started walking down, there's next to it is a, a large house. And um, there was an exhibition on, so we went in and we had a look at this exhibition. And it was all about a man named Leonard Cheshire. And Leonard Cheshire was a fighter pilot in the Second World War. He'd won medal, big, you know, medals for uh, bravery and he'd done amazing things, really amazing things in the war. Very respected man. Um, and he'd just died. And um, this, that was why the exhibition was on. So we're looking around this exhibition and there's a door that says chapel. And I said to Stu, I've got to go in there. I've got to go and have a look. So we walked in and and as we walked in on the left-hand side was an alabaster head. And I said to Stuart, that's the face of the Turing Shroud. And he said, how do you know? And I said, I just know that he's the face of the Turing Shroud. There wasn't a word in that chapel to tell you what it was, but as I was standing looking at it, Stuart said, look behind you, and there's the face, the black and white face of the Turing <laughs> Shroud. And, you know, at that time, I had spoken about it to one or two people, and, and just people had just dismissed it. Um, and so we went and looked in the church, and then we came back, and I said, I've, I've just got to go and sit in this, I've got to go and sit in this chapel. And, and just with the Lord and, and, and I just knew that I knew that there's no doubt in my mind that this is, what it, this is what it is. When I got back to the car, Stuart had picked up a leaflet and it said that the, uh, the chairman of the, the British Shroud Society was Leonard Cheshire and uh, that somebody else that was passionate about the shroud had made him this alabaster bust. So that was the first time I knew about Leonard Cheshire. And then um, I'd found out about that the BSTS existed. Well, by this time, it was sort of, um, Zoe died in 1978. This was 1998. 97, 98. And my, my niece had just had a computer, you know, when computers, not a lot of people had one. 
and and I said, "Will you just put in the British Shroud Society, and there's all the information I need to get to Turin to see the real thing." So I actually went and and had that wonderful experience. And Pam and I have talked about it, and and she went ten, you know, later. Um, and the the difference in the security, there was very little security. Mm. Uh, but as we were walking up to the the cathedral, there were there were um, like thousands and thousands of people. You given a time slot, two minutes, mm. and and everybody was chatter chatter chatter, and there were there were there were notices up saying silence, please respect where you are. And as as people walked over the doorstep, silence fell. Mm. It was just incredible experience. Mm. Um, so I'm very privileged that I've actually been to see the Shroud. Um, so so Leonard Cheshire was was always always there. Uh, and then Stuart brought me a book about his life story, and he after he'd been this brave fighter pilot he had a nervous breakdown and that's when he became a christian and then he was he was seriously ill and um someone gave him a picture of the shroud and and he used to just contemplate the shroud and he did a he, he was an amazing man and he did amazing things and so he was my first connection with the bsts at the time that I joined, um, Ian Wilson was the uh, editor and lives, lived in Australia. Well, he, he lives in Australia, but he, he but he spent a lot of time in Bristol. Um, and I, we've got friends in Bristol, so there was always that connection. I never dreamt that one day I'd meet Ian Wilson. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to pinch yourself to to think, <laughs> is it real? Um, and uh, David, uh, David Rolf, I, I met David through Pam in the exhibition. And David asked Pam and I if we knew anywhere that we could organise, uh, you know, um, for, for Ian to do a talk. He was coming, he was coming to this country. So there were two actually, and we went to both of them. But um, when he came to Bristol, he actually stayed with my friend. So, you know, we spent um, two days with him and, and the stories that he has to tell. And um, that was just an incredible, incredible experience. Mm -hmm. so, so because I'd helped David, because it was in my friend's church and I was sort of helping David, David had, had just taken on uh, the editorship of the British Shroud Society, which actually had very much waned. It was it had gradually gone downhill mm. uh, since the carbon dating. Um, and then Dave, David sort of took it on, I think, because there, there just wasn't anyone else to take it on. Um, and he said, would, would Stuart and I work alongside him? So um, we do the distribution and I oversee the membership. So during, uh, during lockdown, um, I actually spent a year 
sorting out the, you know, the membership and getting everything in order. Um, and we've just seen it go from strength to strength to strength. And then, uh, and, and in a matter of, you know, in a matter of a couple of years, God has brought the right people with the right gifting at the right time. And there's a team of nine of us now. Mm. And and we've, you know, I mean, it's just such a privilege to be working. And, yeah, and you definitely have some uh, interesting experiences. I'm very jealous that you you actually got to see the shroud. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm not sure whether, uh, you know, I do want, I, I believe the next one might be in 2025. And yes, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping somehow in some way I can get at least a 30 second maybe a two minute view uh where my wife and i can go over yeah. and and yeah. see it I, that is definitely yeah you know after having spent uh well the last 10 years probably trying to understand more about the shroud and 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 ian wilson you know and you mentioned ian his book is really the oh. historical basis for just about everything that i have in in my book uh, yes. you know, so I follow his story and I follow his story of the shroud going to Odessa and being the Mandelian and then going to Constantinople, et cetera, et cetera. And um, uh, so his 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 work and all the all the work that he's done is uh, very inspiring to so many people and certainly inspired yes. me to to write what I did. So, yes, yeah. it, he's, he's done amazing amazing things for the yeah and and the thing was that you know when I first met him um, he was always so encouraging he really is really he really encouraged me and it would take time and and we'd and we'd write to each other because there wasn't the internet then <laughs> that's how far we go back um so yes it's it has been just this incredible Sorry, incredible gym yeah yeah really is that was my watch but um yeah <laughs> i remember to turn my watch off too i guess in the future but uh yeah and you know it, all, everybody that i've met uh related to the shroud and i've now you know now that i've got my book it's almost done uh you know i've met uh, a lot of so many wonderful people barry schwartz probably the first person uh, yeah. that I, I you know I went and I wanted to buy one of the uh, so I have one of the the the, uh, the 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 front images the black and white front images of the shroud from him and and we've yes. become friends I've spoken to him you know a number of times and I've seen him present he presented at the Museum of the Bible and and then uh, a lot of other Americans and you're you're now my first non-American so I'm breaking through <laughs> What a privilege! <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so tell us about uh, David Rolf's uh, new project with the. Uh, uh, with, what's the name of, of the movie that he's putting out now? Who can he be? Who can he be? That's right. Yes. Yeah, so tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, from when I first met David, it always it it always said that he wanted to to make another film. Um, and, and as I say, when he when he first had this opportunity to do the second film, um, he, he had to really consider whether he could be the continue being the editor uh, because of the commitment, obviously. Um, but we we sort of said we need you, you know, um, 
it, because he's so brilliant at what he does. Um, and and so, you know, we've we've sort of got Andrew Willie, who is um, like a an editor. He, he takes a lot of, of of David's work off, and then he'll sort of sift through it, and, and David will sort that out. Then we've got Michael, who's like a manager editor, and Michael Michael Kowalski and his wife Lynn Lynn Reed um, mm -hmm. does the Facebook page. Um, we've got Philippa, Philippa Foster, who, who is, uh, um, well, she does, she's artistic, she, she uses many of her gifts, but her main gift is to proofread, which is such an important job. Mm. Then, of course, there's Pam and, and the exhibition, um, and her husband, Phil, is the treasurer. So, um, and, and we all, as I say, we all sort of work We've all got different gifts in, um, and of course, of course, Stuart. Um, I mean, if it wasn't for Stuart, I couldn't do any of this because I'm I'm not really into technology. Um, so he he's he's very much hands on, you know, has been with the exhibition. Um, so so yeah, we we are we are a, a good team, and and Michael's got so many giftings in so many ways. Um, so we all work together mm. really well. So you said you've uh, met uh, so many people through the exhibits and through the uh, and through the BSTS. So I'm just curious, uh, how do uh, like children and teenagers versus uh, more mature adults? Yeah. How did how, what? Tell us maybe. I'm just curious what what about what the exhibition? Yeah. yeah, I mean. Well, yes, I could write a book, I could write several books probably with the stories that I have. Um, but children in particular, I mean, actually, um, we Pam and I wrote an article about the impact on uh, children. Um, and Emmanuel, Emanuela Marinelli, um, who is Italian um, expert, we've got to know her and Bruno Barbary at at the at the Jelsa. Um, and so Emanuela had shared stories with us. So uh, so she joined us and uh, and there's some incredible, incredible stories in there um, about the children. But I think the, the one that really stands out to me um, was a, a teenager who came and he he'd written in the comment book, this is better than Netflix. <laughs> and to me, you, you don't you don't get better than that, do you? Uh, but it's their innocence and their interest. Um, as I said, so many stories. Um, but and it, it speaks to people across the board, really. Uh, so many times we've had We've had um, people that have got no church background, you know, none at all, haven't just had nothing, um, and they'll they'll go past a church or a venue wherever we are, and they see that face on the shroud, and they're drawn in, and they stand before the shroud, the, the shroud replica, and just stand and weep. You know, we've had sort of. Rugby, rugby players and 
ev every, it cuts across everything really, all sorts of people. Um, one, of the, one of the people that stand out very much for me is a, a lady that came to an exhibition that we did in Nottingham Cathedral. And I, I wasn't actually talking to her at the time, but I was telling someone about seeing David Rolfe's film and the impact it had and how the Lord's suffering and our suffering came together. And then she was actually helping with the tea in the refreshments. And I was talking to someone else, but she, she'd overheard me. And apparently she, she went and saw the film. Um, and then she came back a couple of days later and she said, I've had to come back to see you. She said, because I, I did overhear what you were saying. And, and she said, I went, I went in and I watched David's film. And what happened to you happened to me. She said, because I'd been in agony with, with a hip problem for a very long time. She said, and, and I felt the Lord's suffering and our suffering come together. She said, and I was so deeply moved. I went into the cathedral and had a time of prayer. She said, and then I went back and I carried on with my duties. She said, and it was only on the way home that I realised the pain has gone. <laughs> and, and she believed that she, she really did have a healing. And, you know, the exhibition has the power to touch people without anyone saying a word. It, mm -hmm. it has. It, sometimes the Lord will use us in, in that we'll come alongside people, but sometimes he'll say, well, you know, I, I'll do this. He, he does it on his own. And a typical example of that was when we were in Norwich Cathedral and there was a, a lady came. Um, I, I didn't see her. This was a story told to me by one of the, the stewards. And um, this lady came in. She was like a business lady, very well, very well dressed and well spoken, you know. And, and she said uh, this lady, the, the, lady, the lady that was welcoming people said, you know, um, started to speak to her and she said, she said, I'm really not into all this stuff, she said, but um, but actually I am, everybody's talking about it. So I thought I'd better come and see for myself. So she said she started walking along the boards with the information boards uh, because Pam, Pam's information boards are very biblically based. So there's like the crown of thorns and the flagrant, but all the scriptures are written there. So she started walking down the boards and then she came back to the beginning. She started again. And an hour later, she came to this same lady and said, I don't know what's happened to me, but I need to go home and reassess my life. <laughs> wow. You know, what a powerful story. And, and that, that's just one example of the many examples that we've had mm -hmm. of people having an, they have an encounter with God. They yeah. really do. Yeah. Um, and for me, when we first started doing exhibitions, 
was was absolutely brilliant because for the first time in my life I'd got people to talk to it it was it I mean it was I, I look back at it now and I think how silly really but I thought I was the only one in the world that knew about it <laughs> you know what I mean because because I'd never I'd never met anyone Mm. And then I meet Pam, and suddenly my life is full to overflowing with with people. Um, but but one of the things when I going back to the British Shared Society, one of the things that I, the vision that I had when we started working with David was that like for that thirty three years, I was in a bit of a wilderness really, um, and there must. There must have been a lot of other BSTS members in the same position as me that didn't actually have physical contact with anybody. And what I wanted to do was make it make people feel that they belong to something and they belong to something really important. And they do. They do belong to yeah. something important. So I I've got to know so many of our members. You know, I've written some of them a little note or a card, or and and they've got back. And I, I love to, I love to to hear their stories of their journey because everyone will be different. Everyone will be different. That is uh, that is so very true. Uh, all of us have. Uh, you know, such a different path to how we, you know, came to Christ yes. and then fell yes. away. Uh, and I was very uh, similar to you after I went to college. Uh, you know, my parents weren't taking us to church anymore. And so more or less uh, fell away. And then it wasn't for many, many years later that uh, coming back to the church and then realizing what what I had missed out on for yes. so many years. Yes. Yeah. 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 There is one more story that that um, that I particularly like to tell, because this is this is one of my most precious stories. And we were in Worcester Cathedral, um, and there was a lady came. Actually, there was a lady came, and and also a gentleman that was with her. And the gentleman was very anti-shroud. It's very rare that we've ever had um, <laughs> difficulties with people that are usually lovely. Uh, but this gentleman was, you don't believe all this stuff. And, you know, and, and he was, so I just said to him, have you read the boards? Have you read, you know, because he was talking about the carbon dating. And the lady that was that was with him that I don't think was a, a not his wife or anybody, and she was standing in front of the shroud and she said, "Well, I am a Christian, but I don't believe in all this." And I said, "Well, we're not here to you know to prove or disprove anything. You take from you take from this what you will." Um, she said, "But I would like to I would like to know how you got involved." And this lady was actually, um, a, she'd been a paediatrician. So she was very, because Zoe's illness was so rare, she was very interested in, and, and I told her the story. And, and I could see there were tears welling in her, in her eyes. And at the end of it, she said to me, 
didn't your daughter leave you a beautiful inheritance? Mm -hmm. And that says it all. She yeah. did leave us a beautiful yeah. inheritance. How true. And, you know, true. Yeah, and all those years, and this was a gift from God, that I have never felt bitter at, about Zoe. And that, that was a gift. Um, and, and uh, you know, her life has given us so much. And all through those years, there have been young people that have come into our lives that have needed a, a mom and dad figure. Do you know what I mean? For whatever reason that they haven't got their own parents. Um, so there's so many, there's been so many blessings along the way. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be the person that I was because it's only because of Zoe's life that I'm the person that I am now. Um, yeah, yeah, what a remarkable story. It's uh, very touching. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I've told a couple of other stories. Uh, so my mom, uh, she lost uh, my brother uh, when he was about a year and a half old and and I can't imagine, I mean, the same for you, I can't imagine what that would be like. And I can't imagine what Mary would have felt like as she's sitting mm. there, you know, looking up at her son suffering as much as he did. And, and, um, and then, I, you know, I don't know, I, I, uh, you know, to see it, you know, your child or whatever be uh, tortured yes. and, and go through that much, uh, you know, and then yes. the way in front of you that, that's uh that's that's a yeah definitely remarkable uh you know and not a not an experience you want any parent to go through no no it, it's definitely not and and yes i mean you know i was brought up in the anglican church um and i now go to a pentecostal church so i think i'm quite unusual as well in in <laughs> the shroud world um, because that's one church that we've we've not really uh, broken into yet. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, yeah, so and yet Mary ha has had such a, an impact on my life because she was Jesus's mother, mm. um, and yeah, she, she's very special to me. Yeah, there's that that connection. And I think one of the things that, that I've loved doing in the exhibition, it's absolutely amazing how many people, uh, women have come that have lost a child. And mm. I, I haven't actually said, but it's like when, when they see the shroud, it sort of brings up a lot of emotions. And, and so um, they, they're just, they'll just pull the heart out, you know, I'll go up and I'll say, are you okay? Because I can see there. And, and then they'll, they'll just tell me and I'm able to come alongside them and pray with them and comfort them and give them hope really. So, so Zoe is part of everything that we do. She's still such a big part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, you could, it had, and she has to be in, and then to have brought her to, uh, you know, have her having had her bring you to the shroud, and and now you're yes. moving forward. That inheritance that she gave you is uh, she is like, incredible. Yeah, really <laughs> yeah. <it> is. <laughs> yeah, just incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
to change. So I do have one other question, though, to get maybe more positive here <laughs> is uh, so what kind of what are some of the commonly asked questions that you get uh, from oh. <laughs> visitors? <Yeah. laughs> well, the, there's one that there's just one that that we're asked um, uh, more than more than anything, really. Uh, and that is why is it called the Turing Shroud? <laughs> because Fair a lot enough. of people don't they don't they don't know that that's that's why it's called the Turing Shroud. Um and, and we find that a lot of people find it difficult to actually find the image. They, you know, um you can see them puzzling and and We'll we'll go up and say, you know, um, can you can you see it? Sometimes they see faces in the burn marks, or mm. <laughs> but what? It, but it's the it's the joy of the recognition. What I can see him, it, and it's like it's a revelation. Yeah, an absolute yeah. revelation. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And uh, but you're you're right though. You know, to see that the. And, and if you get too close, you can't really see very well. No. And you have no. to kind of be, you know, I don't know, three, four, five feet back. And, yes. and then you can finally see everything in context and you can see his hands and his feet. Yes. And yeah. then the wounds. And uh, it's, it is, uh, it is amazing. And it's an amazing image. And, and uh, I liked, um, I, I met at the Museum of the Bible, the, uh, the launch of the exhibition uh, his name is Andrew Casper. He's a professor of uh, Baroque art in Italy. And uh, one of the things he said was uh, the, he, his, uh, and he wrote a book, it's called The Artful Relic. And he goes, this is, uh, it's a beautiful, the, the shroud is a beautiful work of art, but not at the hand of man, but at the hand of God. And the way he puts it, and I didn't do a good job at it, but the way he puts it, you know, it's an artful relic and it's, but it's at the hand of God. And uh, yes. you know, what a thing, yes. that, you know, that he left us to, uh, to be able to, uh, yeah. you know, to, to look at, look at and talk about and, and also understand and use it as a way to strengthen our faith and, and, and everything else that goes, goes along with that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, the first time that I, I was asked, you know, well, well, someone said to me, um, but the Bible said you, sh you shouldn't worship a graven image. And I said, but it's not made by human hands. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, made by a, a human. It, it's, it defies uh, science and it's incredible, really. Yeah. Yeah, just incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and that's uh, that's a that's a good point. And there's a whole other set of argumentation about you know how that um, how that uh, you know one commandment uh, influenced what happened with the shroud right after uh, you know right after his death and whether it was shown or not or hidden or not. And yeah, anyway, that that's a whole nother story and a whole nother topic. <laughs> We'd love to yes. talk with you. About yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah. is there anything else that uh, we didn't get to talk about that you'd like to mention? No, I think we've, I think we have sort of covered covered most things. Uh, perhaps, I, perhaps I could just tell you one last story, Please. shall I? Yeah. Um, 
again, we were in uh, Worcester Cathedral and there, there was a, a young woman came with her son and her son would be sort of 15, 16. And uh, I could see that he, this young man was really engrossed in everything that, you know, that he was, he was seeing. And um, I, so I went and was, his mom obviously wasn't too interested. So I actually went and, and spoke to the mom and um, and she said, my, my son's always had a fascination for this. She said he wants to be a scientist. She said, and he, he can't work out, you know, um, how that, he wants to find out how this is come to be. Um, and she said, it's quite incredible that we're here because as I say, he'd always had this thing about the shroud. She said, but the only reason that we're here is because last weekend, my daughter was doing the Duke of Edinburgh award scheme and she'd been away for the weekend. And, and one of the things that she was doing to get this award was take photographs. And on the way back, she'd lost her, she'd lost her a camera mm. and with the photographs and she was desperate to get them back. And she thought she might have left it at a service station that they stopped at. And she said, it's really strange. She said, because my son has two, two Christian friends. They'd got no, you know, church background. Um, it got two Christian friends and the friends said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that you get that camera back. So um, she said, we, we sort of smiled really. She said, so we've just been to the service station and there's the camera waiting for us. <laughs> she said, we didn't know this exhibition was on. She said, and we've just stopped on the way back to have a drink in Worcester. And, and we thought, shall we go and have a look at this cathedral? And there's the shroud. And you think you, you, couldn't, you couldn't write the script. Could You know, it, it's just incredible that the stories like that where people have definitely been in the right place at the right time. And, and I just felt that, yeah, God's hand is upon your lives yeah, through those yeah. great friends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How, how uh, interesting. And, and you're, you're so right. Uh, you know, and it, it, it's always said God works in mysterious ways, but he certainly does. And he does. Uh, stories are proof to that, that, you know that the, he's there he's he's watching over us and his hands are somewhere doing something and it uh and it works to our our blessing and our benefit and we yeah. are uh, so blessed uh, to have had you know jesus uh when he was here alive and then uh, certainly then his resurrection and and now um easter is uh, is so close and yes and uh we'll be celebrating that you know exactly that resurrection so uh yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean uh, if people are interested in in david's film um it's on uh, if the who can it be uh website there's a website yes. and you can actually sign up and and when when there's information coming out you know you you can uh, get that information and then it, you will be able to stream it online um, and yes. through that website 
so yeah, uh, it won't be going out into cinemas it'll it'll be which is brilliant because it, it can go out all around the world so yeah yeah i think even more people can uh, get to see it because it's streaming. yes yeah yes absolutely. so yeah. who can it be.com who can it come? yeah and uh and 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 when will it be coming out roughly well hopefully around easter Okay, uh, yeah. So very, 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 very close. So that's uh, that's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. listen, I want to thank you so much, uh, Brenda. You've been awesome, and I really appreciate you uh, taking the time <laughs> today and participating. Oh. And and hopefully this will help uh, other people to get to know about the shroud and get to know about Jesus, and and then yeah. hopefully uh, either strengthen their faith or bring some people back into the fold or bring new people into the fold. Mm. And uh, otherwise, um, the uh, so you're the website for the uh, the, uh, the is, British Society of the Turin Shroud. It, yeah, if, if you just if you just search for BSTS newsletter, um, you get you get through to the website and you can actually click to get on facebook page because we've got facebook as well yeah and there's so much good information um, out there uh, they can they can see uh, you with um with barry and you know so it yep. i mean that's what i love about about what's happening at the moment that everything's working together for the same cause um yes yeah, so that that's that's brilliant yeah it so, really is and uh, yes, and I've been out to the uh, Facebook page for the uh, for BSTS and then BSTSnewsletter.com and and then BennettB.com. Yeah. So really critical websites. I will put in a plug, though, for Museum of the Bible, museumofthebible.org. Absolutely worth visiting if you get a chance uh, before July. And if you're there, please tell everybody to keep the exhibit open way past July. Uh, otherwise, please stay tuned for many other videos in this series of the backstory on the Shroud of Turin, and please visit GuyPowell.com and sign up for more episodes. Brenda, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Guy. <laughs>